So we're back on the uh, topic of curiosity. Uh, I think we had so much coming up that we decided to do a part two. Um, so I have a question for you again, and, and that is, what, what's what stops you from being curious? Um, yeah, I guess. Um, that's a very good question. I am not sure if there's much that actually stops me from being curious. Perhaps when I am, when I feel worry or anxiety, um, which is not very often, as you know, but I, th I, I, I can imagine um, when I'm when I'm sort of um, when I'm nervous, I might stop being curious. Yeah, that could be. Uh, what about you? I probably, there are two things that come to me. So one is I might stop being curious when there is a certain protocol expected. So um, it could be like a formal dinner party where you are following a certain routine, let's say. So there are certain things that just are expected to happen. And I kind of fall into the to that protocol somehow, or it could be a board meeting, or, or you know where there is already a, a set standard for this is how we do things here, and I fall into it. And in that standard, there's no place for curiosity. There could be. There could. I think there could be. It's just that that's probably where I fall into the. I was almost about to say the trap, but where I suppose I might stop. I, I might forget. To be curious because I'm sort of just accepting something else and and kind of shut off a little bit in a way. So it's not necessarily something very pleasant about that in my mind. And the other thing would be if I am stressed for time. So when I feel that there is a there is a rush for something, I, I, I definitely stop being curious. So under stress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So stress interferes with curiosity. I think so. Yeah. And I think maybe it's something when I say protocol, maybe when, when things get a little bit too serious sometimes, when there's mm. a loss of the playfulness or the, um, mm. uh, the exploration of things, or so maybe when there is no time to explore something or there's no time to ask the question or to stop and really consider something you kind of you just force something forward i think that's yeah. probably why i lose some of that curiosity i'm thinking also i think this is true for me and i'm pretty sure it's true for you is that curiosity is sort of part of our true nature so we default if we default to who we really are if we show up as a in our true self, um, in true nature, um, we will automatically be curious. So anything that interferes with our true nature, such as a protocol that doesn't really quite fit with who you, you know, you can't show up yourself, therefore you wouldn't show up curious. Hmm. 
So you, I think what you're saying now is also related to authenticity. So when you're not completely yourself, you're not completely authentic. If obviously then if curiosity is part of your, who you are, that's not perhaps given the, the, the room to, to yes. be there. Are you, are you now also talking, so you're talking about us rather than people in general? I think. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I'm making a connection here to hmm. what we may have talked about a little bit. No, we, I don't think we cut into that in the previous recording. It's not very helpful that you and I both have a very bad memory and <laughs> we can't actually remember very much of what we said. Is that, is that part of our personality? Or uh, no, no, me? I don't think so. No, not necessarily. <laughs> well, it might be a, it might be a, a result of our personality. Anyway, yeah, so when we recorded part one, that's what, three days ago? Yeah. Three days ago. Um, I think perhaps what we're talking about is personality. So um, we probably need to look at it from two aspects, uh, two, two ways. Uh, one is when we talk about openness, which is one of the big five. Um, uh, traits, personality traits. I think if we if you score high on openness, you will have uh, you will show up more curious. You'll mm. just be more curious, and so your authentic self, your true self, as as you show up when you um, can express uh, your true personality. Um, if you sh- if you score high on openness, you will also be more curious. Mm. You and I score both quite high on openness, right? Mm. and maybe with mbti you might talk about the uh intuition as opposed to sensing Mm. so if if you're n like you and i both are you might have a more natural inclination to be more curious into things and also people and if you want another aspect the value curiosity can i think be more or less present as a value for somebody if you have to pick let's say 10 values Mm. would curiosity be one of your top 10 or not and i think for both you and me i think it for me it's been number one many times Mm. together with a few others well let's say among top three at least um so so that's interesting so mice briggs personality traits values they can all point towards this aspect of of life, but I also do think there's something in biology. That's why I asked you about it's just everybody, or is it just us? I think there is something, and we mentioned it before, around humanity, that curiosity comes with human being a human being. So we talked a little bit about the child or the baby and the puppy, uh, how how curious they are as they grow up into that adult version of themselves. And then at some point, maybe curiosity stops being so present. But at the beginning, it's very present. Yeah, you were saying what stops curiosity in a puppy? Well, maybe there are other things. But I mean, for me, I'm I'm making the connection here to Maslow in a way. So I think a puppy stops exploring and being curious in the environment when it's hungry and when it's tired and when it's afraid. Hmm. Basically, when it's just you know, it's just food, or it's just sleep, or it's it's just withdrawing from whatever because of fear. Mm. That's that's the obvious three that I can think of. I don't know. Do you think there is something else? 
Yeah, well, maybe pain, but then we, it might be part of fear. We're not sure, or maybe it's suffering, or yeah. Yeah, but to, to having said that, as a, as a human being, maybe it's the same for the child, actually. It's pretty similar to, to the puppy in this case. But if you take an adult version of, well, let's just talk about us. Let's talk about <laughs> human <laughs> beings. Um, I don't think necessarily hunger has to stop curiosity it can if you're not paying attention to it it can of course so you you become moody or the only thing you can think about is where's my next meal Mm -hmm. Uh, but it doesn't have to stop curiosity we can either we can just ignore it so we can stop noticing that we're hungry of course or we can be very hungry and, and we can sort of explore what that is and how how that sensation is actually changing partly our mood and our way of being mm. can unless we're paying attention to it so yeah so what you're getting to now i think we we um this is just an, a whole different area of curiosity so what we talked about in part one i believe is curiosity in, into intellectual things for example you know how does the heart work or intellectual in, um, uh, curiosity into other people Right, asking lots of questions, which you and I do, do a lot. Um, but there is a third, I, I guess, a third element to curiosity, which is curiosity into yourself. And so let's take that that example of stress, or I, I call it nervous or anxious, and you call it stress. And um, so if you feel stressed, it could stop you being curious. You could also be curious to what gives you stress or what stress feels like in the body or how do you how do you experience stress and what is true for you when you experience stress and so on and so you start asking yourself those questions and become really curious to what answers come up in you when you when you um, when you inquire into what stress means for you in that moment question that works very well for me is uh, how do I know if I take stress an example or anxiety perhaps is how do I know I'm anxious what's telling me I'm anxious how do I know what are the signals of anxiety for me and 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 there I would go both to the physical sensation so where where does it sit uh, where does it appear and what quality does it have so you can give this physical sensation so many different words but also what's going on in my mind so what is my thinking pattern my mental process when when i'm anxious and we're talking here about a process that you and i have have experienced um i have a lot of experience with me in particular this year i started experiencing it and you uh, a few years longer and it's a process that we call inquiry or inquiry, right? So, um, so I didn't know what that was until maybe a year or two ago. Um, so it might be helpful for us to talk a little bit about what we actually mean by that, because what you're just saying right now, that would not have made much sense to me a few years ago, but now it does. Mm. So, um, and I've heard inquiry explained in the course that I've been doing um, as uh, with a meta- metaphor. So uh, the metaphor is scuba diving. So 
So inquiry into the mind or into what's true for us is uh, is like scuba diving. So when we look at the ocean, purely at the surface of the ocean, we we don't see very much, right? We see a, a shade of blue and we might see some white when there's a wave. And sometimes there's an, some evidence of what's under the surface of the ocean when we look at the beach and, you know, some some stones or some shells or whatever might have, have surfaced. Um, so it's very shallow. If you, if, you, if you look at what you can see about what's under the water, there's nothing really that sur- surfaces very much. It's quite boring when you look at an ocean. Now, when you go scuba diving, then all of a sudden you become aware of how much there is there. So you... Um, you experience these these colors and these these uh, yeah these um, uh, sensations that you would never if you if you don't know what's under the water you would have never know what's there until you go scuba diving right and then um, and this is also what inquiry into the mind is so we dive into our mind and we start to explore and see what's there and find out what's there and we've never really done that inner journey then we don't really know what we find. So it's a bit like if you don't, if you're not experienced with inquiry or the inner journey of exploration of the self, investigating the mind, then it can be quite a boring experience. So when you go scuba diving, you um, you might first see some colors and some big picture, and then you go a little bit deeper and you pay a bit more attention to something more specific, something more detailed, and all of a sudden you see a fish. And all of a sudden you see another fish. And then beyond that, you see something that is hiding really well, uh, and so on. So the more you dive into it, the more you go deeper, you start to find out more things. And that's exactly what inquiry does as well. So there are various ways of doing this. And I think you and I have explored it in different ways. Um, So my entry to inquiry a few years back was um, when my coach started to use this method in our coaching sessions. So I was coached in, she was using this method when she coached me. And and I'm not sure I knew that this was the, it it had a name and it, it was a methodology and so on. But what's pretty interesting here, I think, um, is the depth and the invitation to go even deeper. And and when somebody is being there for you, asking questions, somebody very experienced, asking the questions at the right point in time because they're reading you, not just what you're saying, but also your body language. And maybe they can even, if they're very experienced, sense your shift in in energy, in, in resistance or openness, that they can pick up on that using their whole intelligence, not just the, the um, intellectual mind, but all the intelligences that we have. It's, it's like an endless, it, it's like it, it never ends. It, it, the depth is just, yeah, I'd say there's a, it's a never ending story in terms of how deep you can go. Mm. And this is not, I just want to say a few things here, because this is not necessarily about therapy. Uh, the way I experience it now, and I'm I'm still a beginner. This is a few years of having having done this. I wouldn't call it therapy 
So I think it might be easy now to mix this up with pretty deep therapy going back in your history and dealing with your past. That's not necessarily, maybe it can be used for that too, but that's not necessarily my experience. My experience is very much the here and now mm. of what's going on right now. And, and there's less focus paid on why. It, it just is. So explore what is and be there when it shifts. Mm. And, and another question here would also be, so how, how do I know something is true? If I, if I sense something, if I'm experiencing something, how do I know that is true? So the mental mind is, is pretty quickly translating an experience into some kind of sense making and decides whether something is true or not. And that's a very, for me, very quick process, probably for most people. And to be there with the awareness and being able to challenge that truth that perhaps it's not true. It's just an experience. Mm. And all of this requires curiosity. Yeah. So, you know, to take that uh, scuba diving metaphor, um, you can always go deeper. There's always more to see. And if you have scuba dives, you know this. It's just, there's, it's an unlimited world because of the detail that you can get into. Plus, of course, the ocean is uh, rather large. Um, so there's a theor theoretical end to what you can see and explore in the ocean, but uh, that's only theoretical because it's so fast. And it's the same with the mind. It's so fast. We can always go deeper, always take one thing and dive deeper into that one thing, perhaps one question or one topic or one experience or one feeling or one thought or one sensation and we go deeper into that and we keep asking what's going on there what is this about what is true for me i think it's a fascinating process and the idea also not the idea the the reality of the fact that it's always shifting so you think you grasp something this is how it works for me so i grasp some, something a sensation or an experience and as i start to explore it it's moving and I start moving with it, almost as if you, you find a fish or, a, or an octopus. Let's talk about the, the film, the movie, The Octopus, after this. But, um, and you start following it. So you see it, you explore it, and, and then you start following it and see how it moves around in the ocean. And therefore, perhaps the light strikes the body of the octopus and you see more of it. Mm. Or, and all of a sudden, it's gone. And it's, for me, it's exactly the same when I do this. It's not there anymore. And then the mental memory of what it was might be there, but mm. the sensation is not there. And this comes back to the, the uh, I think you're spot on with your, um, the distinction between um, therapy and inquiry is that it's about the present moment. So it's all about what's present, what's here. When you scuba dive, you only see what's here now. You might see remnants of what used to be, but then it's like, a, for example, the, the body of a dead fish. So that was or used to be live, but present now is the dead body. And that's the same in our present. So in inquiry, we're going to the present. What's present for us now? What's, what is here now? What's true for us now? So it's an incredible experience. Uh, it's an incredible experimenting also with being present. And it doesn't work if we're not present, right? Inquiry only works when we are present with what's happening here and now. 
which could be thoughts, by the way, and it could be thoughts about the past, but the thought about the past is present for us now. So for, for somebody who, who hears this and listen to this and you think, oh my God, I can't sit there and you sit still and go on this inner journey. I, I'm too impatient. I'm, I, I want to move around. I want activity. I, I like interaction with others. How, how, you know, what, what's the purpose of this, would you say? Why, why are we doing it? Um, because we, um, well, that's a pretty, pretty difficult question to answer. For me, it's about finding out who we truly are. What is the essence of us? What is our nature? What makes us human beings? And then how does that impact how we show up in the world, what action we take, what positions we take, how we become the best versions of ourselves, and therefore have a positive impact in the world. So for somebody who's a great skier, let's say, and wants to find you, Punching the technique of skiing to either improve the results or to use less energy for the results that they have or to enjoy it more or just because it's fun. For me, I think it's a little bit the same here. So you say to be a better version of ourselves, I think also to, to find out more, just to learn more about myself because I enjoy learning. And then the art of learning about yourself is, is, uh, is a pretty exciting topic and it sounds a little bit narcissistic, doesn't it, when you say that? But I think if you if you then apply it to this is how I know myself and therefore how might others be because we have so many connections and similarities. So if I truly am if my if I'm truly curious about myself and have explored many different parts in my ocean, let's say, I can also I think become a better guide and coach in in doing that with others. Hmm. Better leader, better father or mother, better friend. Mm. So we have um, better relationships. I think more, 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 more authentic relationships. I would say. I think authenticity is a really important part here because you could also argue that to be a good leader or be a good parent or something, uh, be a, a good friend, that there are certain behaviors, certain uh, activities or um, things you can say or do that will just mean that you are a good leader. So there are certain ways, like a manual. So in leadership, we would say that the, the art of management can help you also to become a good leader. So you do the right things. But for me, the, the, the art of leadership comes a lot from authenticity. Mm. And, and the more you are, the, the more you are yourself the more authentic you are, the a better the better leader you are. Um, not yeah. only because of that, because you also need to be able to apply it into the environment you're in. Yeah. And so inquiry, the purpose of inquiry is then to find out more about yourself so you can be more yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the other part here is just because it's fun. So I'm back to curiosity Absolutely. and faithfulness. I do this because I enjoy doing it. That's my main purpose. I think it's really good fun. I have a really good time when I do this. Yeah. That's but that's, and, and, that, and, and that's also, and so do I, right? I find this, I, this is often 
something I do early in the morning, um, in weekend mornings, because it's not a. It's I don't I don't find this a quick process. I I sit with this for several hours, and I do this um, often on weekend mornings because I really love it. It set, sets me up for the. I mean, I'm, it, it gives me a great feeling for the rest of the day. Great, great mood. And 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 it's about what you find out, right? And, and this is what curiosity, what makes curiosity so fascinating, is you actually come to. So by being curious about yourself and just asking yourself questions, or or um, or doing this in a conversation, you self, you find the, find out these really interesting things. You come to insights that you didn't know before, and I find that just amazing, wonderful. So, and I have this, uh, I'm, I'm in a program where we have different inquiry partners. So I do weekly inquiries with somebody else and, and that it varies. So new partners, but with, we're following a structure. So everybody's following the same structure. Um, and the interesting thing here, when, when you kind of hold the space and inquire with somebody else, is that there's absolutely, there's definitely no judgment involved whatsoever. Mm. There's no, there, there's nothing around expectations or performance or right or wrong, because you're basically holding space for somebody else to inquire into their experience. And sometimes what comes up is silence and that's fine too. So there is nothing and that's fine too. So, so back to curiosity, I think a really important part, you know, as long as you stay curious, I think, tell me if you agree with this, I think there's no judgment when you're curious. No, there isn't. And it's very important that there, that there isn't. Not, not with other people and, and also especially not with yourself either. So, you know, like that Rumi poem I sent you uh, a few hours ago, which is called The Guest House, if you want to look it up, uh, by Rumi, the 13th century Sufi uh, poet. Um, he says, invite anything into your house, and in particular those things that are... Uh, you know, those guests that are upsetting you, that make a mess of you. And the house here is a metaphor for for the mind. So all this stuff that you that you that you come across when you scuba dive into the ocean, that could also be monsters. And we need to be uh or we need to we it's um it's helpful to be interested really interested without judgment in those monsters too that you come across when you are scuba diving um as long as you stay away from them maybe this is where the metaphor stops <laughs> or maybe this is where it's not therapy i don't know or may i mean I, I simply don't know maybe there are reasons when inquiry or, or times when inquiry is not the best method and you need a proper <laughs> therapist therapy. with you yeah, but yeah when you say the guest house I know Rumi wrote about it from, I mean, this is all about the emotions coming to your life and accept them as they are, invite them for tea. But also if you take this to a very, you know, the mundane world, if you like, it's quite interesting. If you can stay with curiosity when you meet somebody that triggers something in you. So somebody is pushing a button that makes you either happy, anxious, angry, whatever it might be. And if you start seeing that person as a teacher, rather than as as an enemy or 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 best friend just just a teacher what is it what is it right now that i'm learning about myself because somebody pushed that trigger 
28 minutes. It's good that you're a timekeeper. <laughs> good. Is that a signal? Do you think I should wrap up? Do you want to? Yeah, I think, I think you should no, wrap hold up. Hold on. One thing here. I don't know. Okay. It came to me. It's just the most beautiful film, and I've forgotten the name of it, but it's about this man who, who starts to become friends with an octopus. And it's yeah. on Netflix. And um, if you want to explore the ocean, you know, by watching a film, and maybe that takes you further into inquiry, I'm not sure, because this is about consciousness and connection between um, uh, human beings and, and you know, animals, and in this case, an octopus. Do you remember the name of the film? No, but it's a very interesting, it's a really interesting film. Um, it's on Netflix. Um, I think it, the, the word octopus is in the name. Um, it could be something like my teacher, the octopus. Yeah, my octopus or teacher or whatever, yeah. Anyway, the, um, the the it, it also proves the point that I men mentioned earlier that the ocean is fast. He spends years in a piece of the ocean that's only a few hundred square meters, I think. It's a tiny sort of underwater forest where he then uh, starts to investigate and then he makes friends with this octopus. It's, it's a really brilliant film and it's the connection also with human um, mental health and the ocean. So there's a lot of what we're talking about here that I think is in that film. It's a while ago I watched it. Um, I think you watched it recently, right? Yeah. And I'm telling everybody I'm talking to. That's a beautiful film. I knew you would love it. Yeah. yeah. So it's so slightly different tips from us today. A bit of poetry from Rumi, the guest house, and a Netflix film about the octopus. Yeah. Well, stay curious, right? Stay curious. <laughs>